Hey there, and welcome to the It's Raining Mets podcast. Mets us in meteorologist. It's Tom Russell from CBS 21 and... And, of course, Ed Russo, also meteorologist from here. From CBS 21. From CBS 21. And we have a special in-studio guest. It is uh, Coca the Weather Weenie. I have two uh, dachshunds, miniature dachshunds, and she's going to be running around, so hopefully she won't make any noise, but... Well, she maybe she'll give us. A, she'll definitely give you kisses as yeah, you get through there. <laughs> you might be able to hear it. <laughs> yeah, you might be. She's got a. Yeah. She'll lick you to death. So this is a take, take your dog to work day. Uh, apparently it is. Yeah. Apparently it is. Uh, we're so glad you joined us uh, for the podcast. We've been having fun with this over the last couple months now. Uh, and now that we're kind of into the heart of winter, Ed and I thought we'd kind of focus on that because a lot of folks were complaining, where is winter? And then finally we got. Well, we got the snow yes. and the cold. If you ever want to know where winter is, just uh, look at where uh, Farm Show Week is next scheduled. <laughs> it usually works out that way. So yeah. we, we did get our snow, but uh, our buddy meteorologist Steve Knight pointed out that snow in Farm Show is really only 18% of the time. Is that what he was saying? Yeah. yeah. It was that blizzard of 96 that makes everybody think, think that. And that, you know, that was a high impact, too. So It was. It was. Okay, let's start there because uh, a lot of folks were comparing this that we had snow and then we get this big uh, warm-up that we've experienced uh, as well. So in 96, what happened was we had two back-to-back significant snowfalls, like 18 inches plus, and uh, right on top of each other. And then we soared into the 60s. So you had all this snow melt in addition to very, very heavy rain, and that's what was able to cause all the flooding. And, of course, everybody remembers the uh, Walnut Street Bridge collapse, and uh, it's still uh, unfinished to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was almost 96. thirty years, twenty-five years later. Well, you know, everybody makes a big deal about sixties and winter. We get it; it happens, uh, and it's it's not that unusual. If it were the whole month of sixties, that'd be a yeah. different story. But for and, us, warm up, not unusual. And I like to, you know, if you're ever in a really, really cold pattern, chances are down the road you're going to have a pretty decent warm-up. Because yeah. anytime we're really cold here, it's usually really warm out west. Imagine kind of, you know, uh, making the water shallower in on one side of your bathtub. The water level's really low, mm-hmm. and on the other side, it's really high. Well, what happens when that thing tries to reach equilibrium again? Right. You get that sloshing back and forth. So in order the atmosphere to do that, which it's constantly trying to do... Constantly, right. You usually always have some sort of big warm-up that follows uh, a cold snap or a, or a long or a pattern where, where you're dealing with cold for a week and a half. Well, weather is always, you know, constantly trying to work to equilibrium. And as you mentioned, it never really does. But when we talk about El Nino, it's either, you know, neutral. It's it's really always the, the good example you gave was the, the sloshing around of the bathtub. It's always in motion somehow. And you find that through all aspects of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you remember back in uh, November when we gave you our winter weather prediction, we said, okay, it's going to be a backloaded winter. So December kind of got off to a chillier start than I thought, but obviously it ended up on the mild side. So, so far we're kind of following that. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that mild December, and and sure enough, uh, second half, especially in a Christmas week, we were dealing with yeah, it. Yeah, really mild. And, and you know, there's a lot of cold building up building up in, in Canada. The, the snowpack's getting deeper, especially over Alaska, where it's been absolutely bitterly cold. And, and you know, it, the warm spells that we've been having eventually become less pronounced other than the one we're about to see this weekend. Right. And eventually it just becomes more likely that we get these cold snaps because we're still headed, climatologically speaking, towards the snowiest part of the calendar year here, which is late January, especially into February. February. And President's Day week is actually... Yeah. 
That's, Usually the snowiest. That could be prime time. And also into March. And we talked about a backloaded winter where it could linger. So we could be staring at that. Um, we talked about uh, January. If you look climatologically, the coldest time of the year is now. These two or three weeks in the middle of January, pushing toward January 30th, where our normal high is only 37. Obviously, we've blown that out of the water. We've been way warmer than that. But as you mentioned, Ed, we kind of have to pay the piper. So I think as we get into January, early February, that's kind of what we're seeing. So let's delve into some of the uh, long-term stuff here. Yeah, so what we're seeing right now is a, is a continued pattern of, of it just being, you know, much colder than normal out west, mm-hmm. much warmer than normal out east. But, you know, once we get towards the 20th of January, we start to see that flip where we get this large ridge of, of warmth build over Alaska, build over western Canada, which dislodges chunks of Arctic air, forces them south over the eastern U.S. To me, to us, that looks uh, you know more likely as we head into the second half of January, especially the last 10 the days. Last part, right. And with an active Pacific jet stream, I mean, we have a very active pattern right now. We've been seeing a lot of systems, but they've all been rain, right. other than the one we just experienced <laughs> with snow. So we have that active jet stream in place. We have these uh, air masses that are going to come south from Canada. So I, I'd be willing to bet we see another uh, snow event. The the degree of snow that we're going to see, obviously, we can't say at this point. But I would be willing to bet we see some snow in some capacity um, during the last 10 days of January. And Coco just had a little... <laughs> Yeah, she wanted to chime in. She's just a little miniature dachshund, so she doesn't like the snow. She likes to go (laughs) tinkles in the in the snow, do you, girl? Yeah, six Uh, inches. Yeah, six (laughs) inches, and and she's under it. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. Um, So what we're talking about is. We've had plenty of moisture, and Ed just said it's been a very active pattern. That has not been an issue. You know, we get into some winters where it's like, okay, we got the cold, we just don't have the moisture. So this winter has been, we've had plenty of moisture, i.e. these rain events, and it just has been cold. So for snow lovers, you need that cold to settle in, get entrenched, and we kind of see that start to happen, as Ed mentioned, toward the end of January, early February. And I always reiterate when I talk to folks, there's plenty of winter to go Mm -hmm. because somehow when we reach – past Christmas and New Year's is like, oh, winter's over. No, no, no. Winter for Central PA uh, is just kicking in. So we see plenty of cold. Um, You mentioned Alaska. Alaska hit minus 56, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Something like that. Yeah, incredible. So there's plenty of cold in the pipeline. And then everybody wants to talk about the polar vortex. And basically that alludes to what Ed was saying when that cold air is allowed or released to uh, to flow south, that's when we start to feel that. So would you call this one the polar vortex coming or not really? I would say it's definitely linked. <laughs> it's just, you know, that it, it, it's, you know, the, when you look at the global pattern as a whole and the, so the polar vortex is just this, it's it just, it, 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 it lives it, up there. Yeah. It lives up there. It doesn't really move. It's, it consists of a, of a, area of circulation that's actually in the upper levels of the atmosphere. And when the polar vortex is weak, parts of it actually are dislodged and come further south. A lot of people think, oh, the polar vortex is really strong. When it's strong, it's compact. And it stays there. It stays there. It doesn't allow any colder air to sink south. So it's actually when the polar vortex is weak, that's when we actually get more Arctic intrusions over over the northeast U.S. All right, so kind of putting it all together, what we're thinking is it does get colder here at the end of January. So we continue with that active pattern as far as moisture goes, and that'll give us a better chance 
of seeing some snowfall. So we're behind snowfall-wise. Obviously, December was kind of a uh, a bummer, but uh, we had some decent snow uh, as far as the farm show goes. An overachiever, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, when you see like six, seven inches out of this little system that comes out of the southwest, certainly not this setup for decent snow. For us. No, and I, what was impressive about that is usually you get a, this system that has a strong link with the Gulf of Mexico. This was a very quick hitting progressive yeah. storm, and it produced some pretty good snowfall totals for the amount of time that we actually saw snow. When it was coming down, it was coming it was down. Coming, it was basically a five-hour storm, yeah. right, from 2 to 7 p.m. Yep. And, uh, you know, to see five, six, seven-inch uh, snowfall accumulation is pretty darn uh, impressive. Um, so let's start from that point, because you and I were putting together the original uh, winter forecast. Do you still think we're on par for average snowfall or do you think now we'll be a little under what well, you know i think you know still on some level too early to say because as you were saying we still have most of winter ahead um and, and a good chunk of our snow that we see climatologically often happens happens in february right. and you know and I, march. right and march and I, I i see a pretty favorable pattern coming up especially the, the last 10 days of january where I think we could see uh, some degree of snow around here, the exact specifics. I don't see any storm yet. I, I think I think what people are really sick of, and I know I am, uh, the storms that that change over, either from either yeah. from rain to snow or snow back to rain. Everybody's like, oh, that's not what we want. We want a, a good dosing of snow and uh, you know let it all be snow. Uh, so that could still be in play because, as we mentioned, until the cold air is really entrenched and you have consistent days, you know, 30, 32, right. you know, it's hard to get a, a full-blown, you know, snowstorm like and that. And another thing we, you know, often look at is we look at the uh, North Atlantic Oscillation, which, you know, it's basically this this ridge like we were talking about that builds over Alaska. This is another ridge that builds across the North Atlantic mm-hmm. into Greenland, which you get this Arctic air that drops south into the eastern U.S., and then you get this big ridge over the eastern Atlantic that actually locks that cold air in place. We haven't been able to lock the cold air in place. Right. It lasts for two or three days. And, and look at this. Again. Yeah, look at <laughs> look at this weekend. You know, the we're weekend, warming up yeah. into the 60s. So we don't have the progressive. We have a very progressive yeah. pattern in place where it's cold for a couple of days yeah, and it's warm. Changing. Then it's cold again. I remember the blizzard of 2003. We had, I think, leading up to that, event we had some serious cold in place mm-hmm. the weeks prior right and then right around the you know the blizzard say. of 2003 a couple days after that we went into that pivotal pattern shift back to a warmer to pattern a warmer stuff yeah yeah so as we talked about you know the 96 blizzard all that so it's not unusual uh but this this winter seems to want to bring us a lot of uh ups and downs as, mm-hmm. as ed called it the progressive pattern but again we still have plenty of winter to go so if you're a snow lover hang in there i know it's been really frustrating from some of our local ski resorts because they start to make some snow they try to get a base going and the next thing you know it's 60 degrees and rain and that just doesn't bode well for for a ski resort you yeah know? you know I, I i drove past round top uh, on new year's eve and there were still lots of people on the slopes having a good old time so people will be out there no matter the condition yeah and it's yeah. impressive you know, you know, even when the, you know, you have 50s and it's dry, snow still melts, but it doesn't melt nearly as fast as right. when you have like rain and temperatures in the 40s. I've seen two feet of snow melt in just a matter of hours. Right. 
when you get 50s in rain. That's really the worst combination. That's a snow eater right yeah, there. Yeah, that is a snow eater. <laughs> but what they need is those cold nights. My daughter went to uh, uh, Liberty, and they didn't have everything open. because She's, she's pretty good skier. She likes to do the double diamonds. She's like, nah, none of that was open. But but you're able to get out there. So uh, I think it's going to be more favorable for our, our friends who run the uh, ski resorts over the next couple of weeks. So yeah. That's a good sign. Uh, but we just have to get through this really warm weekend ahead, and we were looking at some of the record highs for Saturday and Sunday. The current record is 71 at uh, Harrisburg International right. Airport. Don't think we'll get there, but certainly looking like we'll be in the 60s on Saturday. And Sunday, we're shooting for right around 60. The record is 65, and that was set just two, uh, three years ago, yeah. like 2017. So we've had some some recent warmth that and it, way. And it looks like that front's going to come through Saturday night into Sunday. So ahead of the front until it passes. I mean, we could see temperatures elevated at night well into the 50s, perhaps even holding in the 60s. And what we're talking about is potential for thunder. I mean, yeah. it's really a summertime kind of setup. Right, right. Uh, so don't be fooled by that. But again, uh, the the takeaway here is still plenty of winter to go. Uh, it's been an interesting winter, a little frustrating if you're a snow lover uh, and, uh, you know, really into the cold stuff. We kind of miss that with the holidays. Everybody wants the cold and the snow right around the holidays. Winter holiday. is acceptable up into December 25th and then after, <laughs> or New Year's. And then after that, it needs to go, you know. I, but, yeah, no, it is better leading up to the holidays. I can I can relate. All right, I want to share something, and I hope you don't mind, Ed. Ed is not afraid of the cold. This man will surf, and I'm saying surf, in the winter. Tell everybody about this crazy hobby you have. Yeah, so uh, back in the late 90s, I wanted to – I had never been to Lake Erie, and I was always curious because I've heard it's called Pennsylvania's only surf beach. If you've ever been up to Erie, Pennsylvania, there's a state park there called Presque Isle State Park. Mm -hmm. It juts out into the lake. You have beaches in all directions. I call it the Cape Hatteras of Pennsylvania. So uh, I start researching these guys that have been surfing Lake Erie since the 60s. I started reading about them in the 90s. Fast forward from probably 1998 is when I started reading about them. And then 2011, I get a job as a morning meteorologist in Erie. So you're, you live there. I live there. I start getting involved in the Great Lakes surfing community, and I start surfing with the very guys I read about. That's cool. 15 years before. These are guys in the 60s that have been surfing the lakes when... In the winter, when wetsuits weren't the greatest material, right. now we've had all these <laughs> advancements, a- advancements in wet t- wetsuit you technology. You had to be so intimidated. These are your heroes. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're great surfers. They're still sixties, even pushing seventy out there in the in, in in the cold winter months, surfing like head like? high waves. Were they helpful? Or were they like? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. You know they'll they'll show you, they'll, they'll take you to some really good surf breaks. They'll blindfold you so you don't tell everyone where the surf. Really? Spot. Oh, you people they don't are, want people to no, know about the, it. The, the, they, they won't blindfold you, but. Um, you certainly don't want to advertise where all the big breaks are, but once you ask people, they'll help you out. Yeah. And but yeah, it's it's awesome. All right, so take me through this. You put you put on a wetsuit, obviously, but it's how you know twenty three degrees. I mean, how? Cold I mean, is I, the, it the coldest I've been out there actually was on Lake Michigan because I came from South Bend, so I was surfing right. Lake Michigan. So. Probably the coldest I've been out there was 15 degrees. And what's the water temperature? The water temperature is like 33, 34. Yeah. There's some icebergs floating out there. And How do you mentally prepare yourself for that? I, cold? You know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's thrilling. It, it's a drive. You, you, you go out with people and you're, 
you're looking at the guy next to you and you're like, yeah, you're as crazy as me. <laughs> this is awesome. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. But, you know, it's, the people on the beach watching us are often colder. I mean, you'd be surprised how warm that water Because you're actually water doing get. something? Yeah, you, you're doing something. And, and as that uh, lake water seeps into your wetsuit, your body you temperature quickly warms up. I mean, there have been 30 degree days where I'm too warm in the wetsuit. How long can you do it? Uh, longest I've ever I've I've been in there for several hours, hours. at a time. Yeah, I, I mean it's addicting. Once you start riding a wave, and then you, you just forget about the cold, and you're into you the ju- thrill. You're of the, just yeah. That's wild. A couple of years ago, I did the uh, polar plunge, and it was right off of the uh, city island, and there was ice, and I went numb so quick that it was an hour later I got out and there were all these little cuts on my legs from the, from the charts of ice. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. So, man, you have all my respect for uh, But, for you know, you, don't, you, you get in without a wetsuit. So what Different I'm doing game. is actually easier because I'm, I'm getting in there with a wetsuit. I mean, it <laughs> seems intimidating if you haven't done it before. But, yeah, no, I mean, you can get great head-high waves in Pennsylvania. What do, you, what do you have on your head? Do you have a full mask or how's that? Yeah, work? yeah, so I have a hood, I have gloves, I have boots. They're about... My torso part of the wetsuit is about uh, six millimeter thickness. My thick. gloves and boots are seven millimeter thickness. So it's, Still, it's, it's a thick suit. But <laughs> yeah, in little northwest corner of Pennsylvania, you can hang 10. You can get tubed. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And, and it's Russo. growing. It's I growing. mean, uh, you have to take some video for us. That's pretty. I'm cool. working on a story actually. Are you? That I'm gonna, you know, hopefully get here on the air in the next couple of months because you know you can surf in the summer on Lake Erie, but the winners when you got the big get the That's biggest where you get waves. The waves, right? Yeah, That's it's like in it's... Hawaii, the North Shore, you get your biggest waves in the winter. Winter time. And oh. uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Coca doesn't Coke like that. Enough. Coke yeah. is that enough of this conversation? <laughs> hey, thank you so much for checking in on this edition of It's Raining Mets. Uh, all the uh, meteorologists here at CBS 21 love bringing it to you. So if you enjoy it, uh, let us know and uh, give us your feedback too. But Ed is the man. Ed, it was great chatting with you. Nice chatting with you as always, Tom. And uh, you can check out all the different uh, editions of the podcast right here on CBS21.com. So check it out, share it, and uh, look for some more cold and some more snow as the winter progresses. Thanks for checking in.